Welcome back. This is part two of the BSAlert.com interview with Scott Horton on fundamental libertarianism. We encourage your comments and criticisms. Go to the website at podcast.bsalert.com or www.bsalert.com and click on the uh, BS Alert radio button. You'll find a link to all of our podcasts along with a link to the stories where you can add your own comments. And we definitely encourage that. We don't assume that uh, we're on top of everything. We know everything. So we want to hear from you. So go to the website and add your comments. Now, on with the show. Very true. Uh, getting back to the idea of the government setting the interest, um, I'm wondering how many people out there are paying, say, about 25% interest on their various credit cards. Now, you'd uh, think that <laughs> market forces would leap in and somebody would offer a credit card with a significantly lower interest rate yeah. and just get all kinds of business. Right. We're, yeah, we're prime. I, I, have, I have yet to see a credit card offering Prime. And how come you know all the gas stations are only always just a few cents of each other in price, too? You know? Indeed. I Curious. Mean, it is. Yeah, you, you'd think that if somebody dropped their prices, they would sell a lot more gas and make more mm -hmm. money, but it just doesn't seem to happen. Hmm. Liberty. <laughs> well, that's and, an and interesting it is the theory. Force of law. It, look, <laughs> you have, you have, uh, okay, you and I and your buddy over there, we all own hardware stores in Austin, Texas. And we all meet at Shoney's on Sunday morning to conspire and set our prices on hammers and wrenches, etc. All of us agree that this is a crime, it is a fraud. Uh, in a, in, I'm saying, I'm telling you now, in, and, you know, hear me now, believe me later when you know it, in a free market, somebody else is going to come in in hardware and kick our ass out, and we're going to lose out anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anybody believe that? I mean, other than no. people, <laughs> I mean, uh, I just wish I, I wish, I mean, there's obviously some degree of competition in, in a capitalist society, but at the same time, there's ample, overwhelming, overflowing evidence to indicate that if, if you can control a market, you will, because yeah. it's capitalism. You go where the money is. Right. Exactly. Um, and and they would rather make money their own way rather than conspiring with us. Well, but, wait, wait, wait. There's wait, a free wait, market. Wait. There's a free market right now. But, wait, wait, but wait, who's coming on. in kicking Walmart's ass? No, there's not a free market right now. There's a three trillion dollar government of worth of intervention in the market right now. But see, hear me out. See, we're meeting at Shoney's, you, me, and your buddy over there, and and uh, we're conspiring to set prices for hardware. We're criminals. But if we invite a congressman along. Well, then everything's perfectly fine. Now we're not criminals at all. There's an now he's getting paid off, and we're all perfectly within the law. And not only that, we're now golden. We're now beautiful. We're now the sparkle on a tooth in a toothpaste commercial. Uh, perfectly spotless because we have invited a congressman in on our conspiracy to fix the prices in the market. I'm not sure that's how that works, really. <laughs> Uh, no, no. I think I read that. It's it's uh, it's deep in the Constitution. If, if a congressman comes with you to Shoney's, uh, you're you're good. And there's two teeth are extra somehow. white. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so there's nothing like a congressman or a senator to legitimize whatever it is you're involved right. in. You know, prostitution, yeah. whatever. It works really good for all the senators. Well, it actually, he has a point that that often is the way things work. The problem is, it's not supposed to work that way. Right. Yeah. I mean, the congressmen are also criminal. Right. Well, I think it's still illegal, maybe, uh, you know, but maybe there's an issue if you take well, control of all no, of the no, no. Justice Department, then you can say whatever you want is worth prosecuting. But there are billions and billions and billions of pages of regulations 
dictating how people are to run their businesses in these countries. And you know as well as I do, it's the government, it's the uh, businesses in collusion with the politicians and the bureaucrats who write these regulations. Well, right, right. I agree with you. So I, it's very real. I think we are in agreement about the problems and the nature of the problems, but. I, I might argue with you over some of the approaches that you think might solve the problems. I, I think in some cases they might exacerbate the problems and make them worse. But I think ultimately we all want the same thing. You know, sure. we, we want to be able to have freedom to be able to buy and sell our products. We want less restrictions and less regulations. I think it becomes an issue of jurisdiction. Who do you give authority to to oversee disputes and, and situations like this? And I think that is a very, very, very complicated issue. And that was one of the things that I spoke with Harry Brown about many years ago uh, when I was running a website during one of the elections. And um, I got on the phone with him and I asked him, I said, uh, you know, I could appreciate this libertarian ideal, but uh, what do you do about regulating environmental pollution? How do you handle transportation when you've got roads that stretch all the way across? Are you, you know, are you going to get into to Go, go through Texas and the roads are great. And then as soon as you hit Arkansas, they, they, there's big holes, you know. I mean, there's got to be some kind of standard that transcends the regions. And his response was, that's a good question. I'll get back with you on it. Well, I don't know about that, but uh, as far as Harry Brown's answer. But, uh, you know, the thing is, too, is you keep uh, in some ways switching the framework of the question. Are we talking about extreme federalism and extreme constitutionalism here? Or are we talking about actually privatizing everything and having a free market, private property system? Because if you're talking about the roads are private, then that's an entirely different question than whether you're going to get Louisiana and Texas to agree on what shape they should be or where they should meet. Or so, what but uh, now, are you in favor of, say, privatizing the roads? Absolutely, I'm for I'm for privatizing everything. And see, when you ask the question of like, so you pay like five bucks to go from like Austin to Houston, and well, then from like Houston to Dallas. That guy owns a different road, and, and uh, maybe he decides that, uh, you know, he wants to charge not, by the wheel or something. Do you think you're not paying that now? I mean, hell, I, I don't know what state you're in right now, but you and I are both paying for a bridge to nowhere in Alaska right now. Right, I, I understand. Mean, you're telling me uh, it cost me less than $5 in tax money to get to Houston or Dallas if I need you to? You know, and I'm, out, I'm outraged by that. I absolutely I am. a lot less in a free market for the cost of roads. Let me tell you, in Austin, Texas right now, they're taking roads that have existed for 25, 30 years and putting tolls on them, and the government... Is, has given a lease to private, foreign, private companies to come in and collect tax money at, at police power gunpoint from the people of Austin, Texas for the roads that we paid for 30 years ago. And now that is supposed to be somehow, uh, you know, government doing right by me, protecting me from the, from the greedy capitalists? I, I agree. It's problematic. I just don't know if I share your faith that if we privatized everything, things would magically become better. I don't. I don't know if I well, believe it. Uh, but see, I never argued for magic. What I argued for was the pressure from <laughs> the go. market absent a businessman's ability to go to Congress and get a bailout with tax money. And I think that totally sucks. Absolutely, I am totally with you that they shouldn't be able to do that. You know, if you're a big corporation and something goes wrong. There should be no bailouts for you because your average person, if they overspend on their credit card, they can't call up their city councilman and say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, give me the money. I promise I'll do better next time. Right. I'm, I totally understand that. I just don't know if the alternative is to completely trash the whole system and just, and just let the market work itself out. Well, you know, 
I'm, when you talk about actual rubber meets the road, I'm not for a, a bloody revolution and an overthrow of, of, you know, the entire society and so forth. Market forces and privatization of the roads. Let's see, how would that work exactly? Uh, you have a company that builds a road between uh, San Antonio and Houston, and they charge, let's say, 50 bucks for you to ride that road. Um, so somebody else comes in, a competitor, and builds another road right beside the first road and charges half that. And then another competitor comes up and builds yet a third road. That's a market force. That's at liberty, man. And, and you know that that's what would happen. The Eight of lanes of liberty. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you know, another argument is uh, what about these big, long stretches of, you know, if you need to get from, say, the, you know, the West Coast to the East Coast, you're going to obviously go through a whole bunch of different people that have those different absolute property rights. Then you're just going to want to fly. <laughs> oh, well, you know, there's probably some other people that own the airspace. You've got to negotiate with them every every 200 miles, you know. Yeah, that's true, because the government did seize and rape the air. Right, right, you know. If the government no longer owns the air, somebody else is going to have to buy it. Actually, he he's, he he's, when he said the government owns the air, I think he meant the air waves. Um, we are one of the few countries... Uh, in the world, actually, that the government does not own the airspace. Uh, you can fly a plane uh, anywhere you want, in, in, well, excepting... Unlike in a condo where you do own the space, <laughs> not the actual <laughs> building. <laughs> you know, what I want is for people to agree with me that liberty works and to stop asking government to help them all the time so that we can, you know, have a minarchist government, a, an extremely minarchist. limited government someday that then we can finally engage the debate about whether there ought to be a monopoly on security services or whether security agencies ought to all have to compete in the free market like everybody else. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Our army is so much better than that army. Shop with us. <laughs> yes, armies competing with each other. <laughs> you know, we're, we're kind of trying this little experiment out in Iraq at the oh, moment. Right, with Blackwater and all of that. With all those lovely private security firms where we get to pay Oh, five times what it would cost our military to do something right. to get a private company to do the same that's the job. Free, hey, that's liberty, man. Liberty ain't cheap. <laughs> you know, that is a good point, though. The private security firms like Blackwater, those people are getting paid five times more than the well, soldiers. Well, he would, he would argue that it is, it is in fact, that, and supply might argue, and demand. Well, no, no, no. He would, he would argue, and I think in this instance, rightfully, that, that uh, it is the government's fault they are paying this much money. They, they're, they have, they have, decided they're not going to provide any oversight, and so they just funnel money into these people. Yes. Uh, but also, these private right. security forces don't have to answer to the local government or the United States government, so they can get away with just about anything, and that's one of the real reasons why they're over there. Yeah, they, they can also do things like uh, when one of their workers is injured, they can sort of kind of forget to, like, pay for it. <laughs> oh. oh, well. <laughs> Liberty. Them's the and I think right now... Uh, 99% of these problems, 99.9, are all because of the state problem in the first place. It's just like the Simpsons movie. You saw the Simpsons movie? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, this whole thing this is, is where because it's kind of not just because Homer Simpson <laughs> is a slob who doesn't care about anything. That's, of course, true, and it goes without saying. But what's the problem? The problem is the government owns the lake. <laughs> Actually, I think Ralph is stupid. I, I don't know. That's <laughs> I think the problem is that the government is not regulating who dumps what into the lake. The problem is the, they're all yellow. The government owns the lake. That's the reason why everything is...
just going to hell. Yes. It's just, I don't... The government owns the lake in Springfield. Who owns it? Nobody. Does any private property own it? Nobody. When Homer Simpson pollutes it, is there a private property owner handy to hold him responsible for violating? No. And in fact, if they'd gone a little further, they could have shown Homer Simpson tipping Chief Wiggum five bucks to turn the other way so that it doesn't matter whatsoever. But how, does, how, is it, how would that be any different in a private situation where there was a landowner and... Uh, and the you know the two appeal to the local authority and they might be corrupt too. I just don't see how. I well, mean, you're basically. Just, I'm not trying to promise you utopia here, but I'll tell you this: uh, the local authority. If it that's his answer. Talking, I'm not trying to promise you utopia. That's how he explains that when something doesn't work, you know. Do you think that? I mean, I just sometimes I just want to sit and watch a movie. Like, do you think they get together afterwards at a coffee shop or whatever and dissect uh, the Simpsons movie in libertarian terms? Because that just seems terribly. I boring. guess he was probably using it as a metaphor that people could relate to because it was popular. But, um, but he put some thought into that. Yeah. Well, maybe well, he's beforehand. a Simpsons fan. You know. <laughs> Fair enough. Dope. About private arbitration and so forth, they would have that position because of their reputation in the market for fairness. Uh, otherwise, the plaintiff and the defendant are not going to agree on which judge to take it to. There's something that you don't have right now. We have an adversarial process to some degree, but do you and the prosecution have to agree on which judge you go before? Uh, when, uh, when and again, that there's another boneheaded uh, line of reasoning. If you can't agree on issues over property rights, how are you going to agree on which judge to go to? <laughs> yeah, and and so what if you can't agree? Obviously, you wouldn't agree. I mean, ultimately, what happens in a situation like this where you've got people that are at conflict over an issue is if they can't resolve it peacefully, then they resolve it with violence. And then it's not necessarily righteousness. It's whoever has the better resources. So in in a true libertarian scenario, what you end up with is just whoever has the most power to oppress the other people ends up rising to the top. And ah, then, sweet liberty. And then, of course, what happens? The only way you stab that off is by the people demanding what? Oversight? Government. Oh. Right, you know? <laughs> you get you get property owners fighting and fighting and fighting. And, uh, I thought you were going to say guns. Well, obviously, there's lots of violence, but, assume, right. but then people are going to start forming little groups, and then the next thing you know, the groups are going to be getting together and... Next thing you know, we got the United Nations, and and everybody's got to have their hair cut the same way, and and uh, and the government comes in and takes all of our land, and, and, and it's think all of the children. It's all one channel on the TV. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, oh. and it's 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 Al Franken. <laughs> and uh, you get charged with a crime? Absolutely not. They pick for you, and so if if if. Uh, you're polluting on your side of the lake, and it's affecting my lakefront property, and I take you to a local, independent, private property arbiter, I have the, a much better chance of getting justice than if I go down to uh, the local... Uh, so the arbiter the rules in your now. favor, and then the other person doesn't um, honor the agreement. Then what happens? Well, then you have, uh, you have means of enforcement. Means but then that the means of enforcement seems like a kind of a socialized thing, right? Or are there no, just just no. mercenaries that are roaming the lands now in this new libertarian utopia that are that well, are enforce whatever dictate is done by arbitration? Right. Unlike the ten million armed police in this country right now, under every sort of color. Of law, <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't say it know, was perfect. Yeah, and I don't want to defend the status quo, dude. I do not want to. Yeah, yeah. My, my police state. Yeah, that's what we're talking about here. No, uh, ultimately, and, and I'm not the world's expert on this, 
but ultimately uh, the, the great anarcho-capitalist writers that I've read uh, come up with different variations, it seems like, on the theme of uh, combining your, your private security guard service with your insurance. And uh, your insurance then has. Can you imagine? Would you trust State the good Farm hands people? <laughs> yeah, to come in with with their army because that's what it, Cause, it would be. Because someone dumped army. something in your lake, right? You call them up. What would your premiums? Climb isn't that to? isn't that called mafia? Though you know, you pay protection money. <laughs> that's the libertarian way of of. Uh... Are, are, they, are those the same insurance companies that uh, worked so well after Katrina? Yeah. <laughs> Well, then you'd have to get. Well, you know, they, they 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 were all screwed up because the government told them to. We got into a big fight on that. I don't know if it's in this segment. I don't, I don't think, think it is. But uh, he insisted that the reason why the insurance companies screwed people over post Katrina wasn't money. Was because the government made them do it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not joking. The I'm government like government made me. Wow. I'm like how? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. The financial interest to keep you safe, and if somebody else violates you, they will have the financial interest to see to it that that person is held to account. Otherwise, they have to pay you. Or maybe the other person's got more money and they say, screw you. <laughs> he can pay us more money, so Would, we yeah, change inside. Wouldn't his insurance have a vested interest in keeping him safe from your insurance agency? So, it's like, you know, you're being kidnapped and or, or and then you pay the kidnappers to do... I don't, I, I don't get it. It's just weird. <laughs> Which is, just on its face, as a sketch, it seems to me much more likely situation for people to get justice than dealing with a monopoly government like we have now. I just, I don't have the faith that private institutions will give the people what they want, that the market forces will allow this. And i give you one good example, like cable TV, okay? Okay, but that's regulated from top to bottom. No, 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 but but what I'm talking about, let, let me give you an example. You're, 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 you want cable TV and uh, there's three or four channels that you really want. And... Um, uh, they, they the cable TV companies know that, like, say, the person that wants football also likes to watch DIY. So they will not put those two channels in the same package. And all the cable companies do this. They will not offer a true a la carte. You know, I want HBO, I want Discovery, I want uh, MTV. And yeah, but I, the selection of companies is artificially limited by government. That only, I mean. Oh look, no, no, no! It's yes, not. It is. No, look, no, no, no. Look in Texas. In Texas, if you don't know a congressman, you don't have a telecommunications company, and they pass extremely tight regulation on all that. And it's nothing but the worst of crony capitalism. I'm afraid it's he's the right worst there. Worst kind of crony capitalism. You can have this many satellite uh, uh, TV companies, but not that many. And your feature, you know, uh, this group of channels, but not that group. And and you're allowed to let people choose. No, all no, I don't think I not. don't think the government uh, interferes in this way. I don't think they say, you know, you're only allowed to sell channels in little blocks that are going to guarantee your they users spend the, the maximum amount of money. Bill. Read the bill. Oh, I'm very familiar with it. I'm very familiar with it. I mean, I have my issues with uh, the eradication of the Fairness Doctrine and, and uh, the, the Telco Act of 1996, which deregulated the industry, which set the stage for uh, Clear Channel pretty much taking over a good bit of the radio market. I mean, yeah, do you think look. that is a good thing? Do you think that, that if the government is less involved, if they dropped regulations, that Clear Channel would become more or less powerful? And do you think... The Clear Channel owning hundreds of radio stations all around the country is a good thing. Oh, man. See, Liberty. you're just walking into my trap, dude. I was born in the Briar Patch, bro. 
And, uh, that was you know, just weird. The fact of the matter is, Clear Channel enjoys the monopoly that they have because the government gave it to them, period. The government seized the airwaves in 1911. They've owned it this whole time. There's nothing even slightly approaching anything that you could call, even with ironic quotes, deregulation of anything in telecommunications in this country. Well, I, I mean, agree with I you. Have, no, 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 listen. Right. If you agree with me... No, no, I agree with you on the point that the government originally had control of the airwaves, and the way in which they doled it out might not not have been honorable. Oh, there might m- not have been. Look, the premise of your whole thing is that this is all the free market's fault. But what are you going to do? Are you going to like, are you going to... Hang so, on, hang on a second. But you hang can't just turn Listen, or destroy all thinking. the airwaves and, and reallocate it all. Listen, you're talking about 100 million regulations and then Congress repealing five of them. And then you're telling me that that's deregulation and look at the terrible consequences of deregulation. But I'm telling you, that ain't deregulation. Deregulation is when the government ceases claiming ownership over the airwaves in this country. That's deregulation. Deregulation is when you don't have to pay 100 million billion zillion dollars for a broadcasting license from the government of the United States. I, I understand what you're talking deregulation. about. What you're talking about is you keep taking an example of pure unbridled fascism, such as the bailout of banking and and government police state control over the airwaves See, and cable. I don't and know where he's coming. Clear Channel Radio for brown shirts. Free market capitalism, and shouldn't we all be opposed to that? No, I'm not. What you're describing Mm-mm. is the current fascist system that we have today. No, 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 no. Libertarianism. No, no, no. I'm not. I, I I don't have the luxury of realistically expecting that we can go back in time and undo the allocation of the airwaves. Now, maybe you can't, You think we can. I'm just looking realistically at what's going on now well, and how we can go from it? here. Look, you just told me that they deregulated something. Now you don't think that anybody it was deregulated anything Th- anymore? I'm not saying it was never. It was not totally unregulated. I'm not saying that. Of course not. I agree with you. There's, there's millions and millions of regulations that all of these companies have to follow. And I'm not saying I'm in favor of them all. I'm just pointing out that when, that when you loosen restrictions, it doesn't doesn't seem to, in many cases, foster more competition. You're absolutely right. And in fact, I'll give you an even better example. In the 1980s, they deregulated in, I guess, bold, italic, ironic quotes somehow or something. They deregulated banking, and they told the banks, oh, don't worry. Go ahead and create as much money out of nothing as you want. Make as many bad loans as you want. We'll bail you out. And that was the deregulation, was that now there's no restriction on how much fraud that you can commit on your neighbors. That's the regulators protecting us from fraud from the evil capitalists there. No restriction on fraud. I'm not, yeah, I'm not really... One of the things that that bothers me about his arguments is that uh, basically he has no examples, zero, of an actual unregulated market because there, like, aren't any. Um, So anytime you try to offer an example of a market in which fewer regulations have been set... It's still a flawed example because there are still some regulations. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. This is there's so, just so there's there, there are no examples of how we can logically expect this to work if we implement it. Mm-hmm. It right. would be taking an experiment that apparently has never been tried in all of human existence and uh, seeing what happens. Yeah, and I argued with him later on. I said, you know, if this is really such a great idea, why are there no examples of it in human history? You know, and he's like, well, you'll see how he answers that one. And, and the executive branch telling them, go right ahead. And then what happened? 
they they fleeced, including, as you know, the, the, the president's brother, Neil, and the rest of these guys, BCCI and the rest of it, they fleeced this country for billions of dollars. Right. A tiny little group of crackers who held up this entire country at gunpoint and robbed us blind. And then they call that, that's deregulation. When the government comes with its regulators with guns drawn to seize your business, and you know what, that's a that's a problem. That's a problem. But I don't think the solution to that is even less regulation. I don't see how that you know would. Well, would at what help point things. do you think that the government is going to be taken over by nice guys who agree with you and write all the regulations the way you want them written, rather than the way the people with the millions and billions of dollars pay for them to be written? I think the same climate that has con- has contributed to the problems we have right now. If that climate, if a climate of ignorance and apathy about government and, uh, and events and issues that affect us indirectly as well as directly, until that situation changes, it doesn't matter what, whether we have more regulation, less regulation. There's always going to be a minority of people in power that have more resources than others that are going to have the lion's share of the control. It doesn't matter whether it's in a scenario where it's a fascist government or a communist government or a constitutional republic or a total free market capitalism. It's always going to be like that. So to me, the, the solution is getting the populace proactive and taking an interest in what's going on and not allowing it to happen. Because I think if you, if you make it a total deregulated free market economy, then what you're doing is you're basically just handing the power from the government to the corporations and the, and the same thing will happen it's just that there'll be one less step involved you know yeah, instead of the is, corporations going to the government to 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 wield their influence they'll just do it directly and when you know what's interesting is is the one factor that allows either of those situations where the government's wielding oppressive power or it's corporate america it all centers around uh, sedating the American public right. or the, any public, you know, if you just keep them ignorant and apathetic, you can pretty much get away. And that, and you see, he ta- circuses. Yeah, he talks about the government being the problem, and government is not the problem because government's created by people. We created the government. We elect these people in office. So if we give the government less power, it still doesn't really solve the root cause of the problem, which is people aren't taking an interest in trying to make sure, you know not putting up with crappy government. Well, and while I certainly I agree with his point that, um, you know, an incumbent is basically bulletproof unless they have sex with somebody in a bathroom. Um, see the previous show. <laughs> see the previous show. Um, available at podcast. Dirty <laughs> boy. <laughs> Naughty boy. <laughs> um, you know, and so, and that, that, that laws have been written such that, that have made that possible. I do, I do agree that that is a big problem. Um, yeah, I just, I don't see how handing the reins over to corporations. Right, corporate America would do the exact same thing and they would and be, and the only way corporate America would get away with it is if the populace was just as apathetic as they are and now. And they would be absolute they would have absolutely every reason in the world to keep us So as what dumb the hell is possible. these market forces? They the only market forces only work if you've got a market that's paying attention. Right. And we haven't been paying attention for years. Right. And and what I'm arguing is that's the problem. We need to get people paying attention. It doesn't matter whether it's the government that's the bad guy or corporate America that's the bad guy. If nobody's paying attention, they're gonna whoever has the power is gonna run with it. I understand that's how you feel, but you're <laughs> making a mistake Whoa. in that you're you're missing that without the state, without that monopoly that says from this piece of land to this piece of land, we are the only ones who are allowed to call ourselves this and make these decisions. Uh, w- when you take that away, 
and you take away the power of taxation, which is the ultimate thing here, a business can't compel you to purchase their good or service. They can only compete for your dollar by pleasing you. Can you give me an example of a country that is uh, much more free market? That, yeah, that, that, America used to be. How's how's used to be America? Well, you example. know what? I mean, you could say, you know what? You get ten people in a campsite, and you got true liberty. Everybody's doing their own thing. You get ten thousand people in a campsite. I don't think you can do that true liberty thing. I think it breaks down. Yeah, but the thing is, it, look, if we have ten thousand people at a campsite, you and I are going to join this group or that group or subdivision of relation of something on our own accord. We don't need to be compelled to join a collective for our security. Nobody's going to attack our campsite and get away with it. We're all perfectly good at volunteering and protecting ourselves and protecting each but other. But then your campsite busts into little factions. Uh, one guy's cutting down the trees in your area and bringing them back to his area. Then it's like you get into a war, and then you manage to get out of the war right, by creating see, a regulatory body to kind of keep but, everybody at peace. Yeah, but see, that's my whole argument, man, is that we've got to stop saying that what we need here is a monopoly on power between this line and that line. Once you draw those lines, that's what the people are fighting over, is who gets to control the monopoly of force inside that line. Uh, but I just and see, I, I see, I see make people... those lines, tiny little property lines, around people's private property, rather than states that have the power of taxation and can never be fired from their security duties, no matter how many people they murder, uh, is the wrong way to go about it, to do it that way. And how, has it ever been like that in America? Of course it has. In the Old West, despite all the gunfights... But is there, the, any, is there any system of government anywhere in the world right now that, is, that you think is, represents this uh, objective you have of this uh, liberty, no. this free market thing? So, no, clearly not. But there have been many times in history before, and uh, including in the history of this country at different times, uh, usually foiled by external forces coming in and uh, demanding their monopoly. Is there- so, yeah. Wait, the external forces demanding their monopoly, would that be corporations or the Old West equivalent of a company? I'm guessing. Yeah, now, wise girl, you're our, you're <laughs> our expert. You're our expert. So tell us about how, the, how great the liberty was in the Wild West. Well, you you had really a decent amount of liberty. Uh, liberty. What, what what you didn't have was any of the uh, protections and services that come with government, like say gas or water. Maybe. Or no, no, just uh, you well, know, roving bands of people West. lynching people. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> all that liberty roaming. Bullets free. flying. A- actually, into local local uh, small local areas did tend to. Uh, uh, pretty quickly developed their own small governments. I mean, you did have the the town sheriff, you did have a judge, you did have uh, you know some means of keeping order and and enforcing things. But um, taxes. You also you also. But you had these big big corporations, railroads, gold mining companies that basically came in and they did whatever the hell they wanted to, right? Um, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and, and you also had. Uh, Examples of things like, uh, ever hear of the Range Wars? Hmm. No, that's why we, we got Baby. you here to get tell us about the Range Wars. Um, I believe it was a, a disagreement between uh, sheep herders and cattlemen. Ooh. Uh, they they had conflicting interests because uh, the cattlemen wanted to fence in the land uh, for their cattle, and the sheep herders needed open ranges uh, so they could move the sheep around as they ate the grass. Hmm. Um, and how'd and that work out? Well, they hired uh, a private arbitration. 
<laughs> and everything worked out perfect. Well, that would have been nice. Uh, instead, it was more like um, chaos, uh, roving bands of, of uh, armed men shooting out the people who disagreed with them. Market forces. Uh, yeah, lo- lots, Literally. <laughs> lots of people were killed, and eventually enough people on one side were killed that the other side could consider itself winning. Liberty. See? Everything works itself out in a free market. <laughs> it, it it was a, a, a win for some market forces, not terribly much of a win for others. Is this like a totally new concept that you don't think anybody else has ever thought of before? You know, this no, free no, market there capitalism? Been, there have been individualist anarchists for, hundred, well, at least 150 years. And but, our, and but humans have been around for thousands of years. And, and so nobody's tried this in, before? Well, like I said, it, it has worked before. It worked in the Old West all over the place. It worked in... <laughs> Just uh, whoever, whoever's got the best shot, years. right? They, they kind of are in, in charge of everything? Yeah, but I mean, do you re- have you ever read any real history of the Old West, or is it all just TV Western crap where everybody's meeting in the street at high noon? I mean, give me a break. Do you think that's how life really was? No, or- no, no, no. We know how it was, see? Uh, when we came over to the w- Old West, we had an arbitration meeting with the Indians. <laughs> right. It was the trail of mediation. Yes, exactly. And uh, we respected their property rights. Right. We respected it so much that we moved it. And you know, I'm the desert. right. You know, and I'm sure there was no companies or any private interests involved in that. It was just, uh, it was liberty sweeping across them plains. Everybody in gunfights every day. But I think it wasn't. Like I think that, when your nearest course. neighbor, you know, is a half a mile or a hundred miles away, I think the the issue of conflicts and regulation is is not relevant. Well, um, you know, there's a great article by Roderick T. Long at the Lou Rockwell site, where he talks about the history of uh, Iceland and where uh, some refugees from taxation uh, came to inhabit Iceland, and they set up a system that lasted for 350 years before somebody finally made the stupid mistake of drawing a line on a map and saying, this is the demarcation between my territory and yours. And once that broke out, then they went to warfare. After 350 years, which I'll tell you what, is longer than our constitutional system is going to last or, or even did last. Okay. I know Wise Girl, uh, I, when he said this, I, had, I couldn't answer because I didn't know anything about Iceland. Except maybe, I guess, there's ice up there. <laughs> well, he, he's right to some extent. I mean, uh, uh, when Iceland was first uh, inhabited, they, they did have an extremely loose form of government. Uh, basically, uh, everybody meeting once a year to, to discuss things and agree. Um, Liberty. But, but there there are some some little differences between that and say uh, a more modern society. Uh, for openers, the entire population of Iceland today is about three hundred thousand. <laughs> um, just to to give you uh, 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 something some point of comparison, um, uh, the city of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, has a population more than twice that. Hmm. Uh, so so we're talking. A fairly small number of people, and uh, it's a group that tends to be. And and back then, uh, when when he said they were bathing in liberty, that was the population was even less. Right? Oh, I'm guessing oh, like m- maybe twenty thousand. Maybe. Uh, and, and that's a guess. And they're know. sharing what, like hundreds of miles of of land, right? Oh, hundreds of miles it's of a land. Very, now, it's not to, a to tiny be fair, um, much of that land is like worthless. You know, it's <laughs> it's covered with glaciers. It's rocky. You you can't really. It's pretty though. You know you. You can't farm it. Uh, maybe you can raise sheep on a tiny portion of it. Um, 
But well, Iceland should serve as a model for all of us everywhere else, right? Well, absolutely. A thousand years ago. Uh, except, except for one little thing. Um, if you've read any of the Icelandic sagas, which were written during this period of extreme liberty... Liberty! <laughs> you, you'll notice that uh, the main theme is one powerful family killing the members of the rival politi- uh, powerful family... And back and forth, back and forth That's until, right. you know, everybody's blood dead. Blood feuds. Market forces. Uh, yeah. The, the, the child of liberty, blood feuds. The yeah. honor and, and vendetta killing system uh, and was pretty much the way you, you fix the laws. And I might add that uh, it was still the most powerful, as in the most wealthy, who tended to get their way in the peaceful democratic meetings that were held. And these are the people who drew the lines in the 13th century. Um but uh and this is a thing that i think there's a problem with with here i mean amongst many problems with libertarianism is how would you really stop a blood feud if if the hatfields and the mccoys say well that's market uh, forces started just slaughtering each other but they didn't hurt anybody else market forces <laughs> and of course you know you when the hatfields it? and the mccoys are going after each other they never mess with anything else they never interfere there's no collateral damage well, but if there were no collateral damage, there were no collateral damage, then the whole libertarian idea might actually work. If no, you, I'm saying if a it company, wouldn't. They well, would not, wipe not themselves so well for those off. Two families. They would wipe themselves off the map if there were no collateral damage, because nobody right. else could sue mm-hmm. the the Hatfields or the McCoys because their their property was not uh, in, uh, damaged in any way. For 350 years, they had a system, basically what you would consider private property anarchy, where yes, of course, there were sheriffs. But the sheriffs only worked for the people who hired them. The sheriffs did not have the authority to compel people to pay for their services. And it worked a hell of a lot better than what we have here, regardless of the numbers. I mean, why? If, if, if we all agree that the worst thing about business is when they have a monopoly, why do we think that a monopoly on going around with guns and prisons is the way to solve that problem? You know, it's just like I was arguing with a radical leftist type who was, you know, really anti-capitalist in every way. And I said to him, look, man, if you really want, if you really believe, as left-wing anarchist communist types do, if you really (laughs) believe that uh, the only reason that there's property rights is because of the socialist state that we're all forced to pay for that props up those property rights, if you really believe that in a, st- in a stateless society we wouldn't have private property and we'd all be communists and everything would be wonderful. Well, then isn't it your mission to wither away the state? And do you really believe Marx's premise that if you create a dictatorship that makes everything perfectly fair first and then abolish it, that all of a sudden you'll live in a stateless utopia? If you want to get rid of the state, get rid of the state. Quit asking it to be your mom and dad and wither that son of a bitch well, away. I- instead, we keep turning to them as we complain about they wreck our society from one end to another. I, I don't know. I just I think that uh, we 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 all agree on the same problems. The solutions. I don't. I agree that some of the ideas that you have are, are good, but I I think I wouldn't go as far in the direction that you think is necessary. And by your own admission, you can't point to a society that represents this kind of utopian dream you have for free market capitalism. Oh, you didn't hear my whole thing about Iceland and about the Old West, and I meant to also mention Pennsylvania for a long time before the Redcoats came and conquered them. And But you see, I, I contend that uh, it's natural for a, a small society to be like that. You know, when, Once the population reaches a certain level, and once you've got people in, involved in each other's space and property, as you say, I think things change. You know, if I've got a plot of land in the middle of nowhere... 
and nobody is nearby me and I don't have neighbors, then there's no problems. Or if it's a small community where everybody is intimately intertwined with each other. But once you get to a bigger group of people, a larger community, I think the anarchist ideal of people kind of being their own people and contributing as necessary to the society around them starts to break down. I think that once you get a group of people together, the, the larger the community becomes, the more conflicts there are. The more conflicts there are, the more diverse ways people are going to try to, to solve those conflicts. Uh -huh. right, and some of the that. choices that they're going to make are going to be more or less social. And, uh, and when that starts to happen, you have the community fragment into different factions that start to fight with each other. They start to organize together for protection. This could be observed all throughout history. Uh, this is what happens. Now, at some point, you need some kind of a union between these different factions, and that often involves agreeing to certain terms and regulation. Now, it starts out on a, a smaller level, but as, as these people start trading and sharing resources, this entity that is, represents a coalition of all of these different groups starts to become larger and larger and larger. I absolutely reject that. I, I think that the idea that somehow the state is a natural outgrowth of human society is just completely false. It is based on human ideas. Yeah, so that's why, every, that, that's why he can't point to an example in history where there has been no... Uh, Right, government. Yeah, it's, that, that's why every 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 region in the entire world where the population has developed into groups of larger than say tribal size develops they, a state, but it's not natural. They were tricked. totally not natural. They were tricked. Right, the anti-liberty demon reared its <laughs> ugly head. Free market forces were locked in a box. Yeah, even even if you get a society that's it's quite small, uh, something like say Easter Island. You get Gover states and governments and often really bad Right. Ones. It's a natural <laughs> progression because what's going to happen is whoever has the power is going to wield it and power corrupts and they're going to become a corruptive force. And if there's enough people around to organize, they, you know, they may have to suffer horribly before they finally get off their ass and, and organize and form some kind of coalition. But they will. They will demand and have done through protection. And, and yeah, so that's that's what happens in society. So, again, I just think. You gotta be high to say something like that. <laughs> that are conjured up by people thinking and writing and arguing back and forth. There's nothing inherent. Well, then, about then give me an example of a very on. large uh, anarchistic society. I don't see one. If that's true, there should be at least one example of a whole bunch of people that are just doing their own thing with nobody telling them what to do. Well, you know, it could be argued that to a great to a great degree, our society exists under the radar of the national government, even inside the black markets that they create and operate completely unregulated and get by pretty well. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, there, there, are, there are entire, there are entire people, there are people in this that. country, despite all our police state, who can go pretty much their entire lives staying on the edge of society and underground and making their money. You know what, though? That's true. But they're only, they're only tiny, trivial, insignificant clusters. As soon oh, as really? they get... Come on. As soon I as they think so. I think they're worth trillions. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, sure I'm talking do, about Trillions, a very wow. large community of people that are doing their own thing, that that are that are functioning healthily without taxation power, without taxation, without any kind of government, without any kind of regulation, or a minimalist government. You yeah, you already that, admitted that there there is no there's no example of this, and I'm just saying. Yeah, but see, I'm just and you know what? I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm not telling you it's not worth pursuing. All I'm saying is. 
uh, entertain the possibility that if this was that great an idea, we'd see it in action after a couple thousand years of dancing around on this planet, and we don't. Yeah, but of course, uh, you, you're obviously educated <laughs> enough. You understand that the the modern uh, European Enlightenment didn't even come until just a few hundred years ago. That we've had uh, tyranny after tyranny, and and I can't imagine that you would say that the fact that the Aztecs, uh, you know, ripped each other's hearts out and and you know had fake wars with their neighbors all the time and whatever is, is proof that that's the way things ought to be, or or you know, just that that's the, that's the, the natural are. order of things yeah. is you know Nazis marching down the street or something. I mean, I put Straw more man. responsibility on individuals <laughs> for making decisions. I think rather than seeing you, you know all liberty, these death Mike? cults basically that we call states uh, as some sort of natural outgrowth, Market I think of them uh, wholly as young. artificial <laughs> institutions that are uh, placed on people like shackles from above. And, and they can call themselves our security agencies all they want, but what they really are is our robbers. And I don't think there's anything necessarily natural about it all. And, and you know, uh, the fact of the matter is there have been societies that have not had monopolies on state power throughout human history, and they have very oftentimes been very successful. And in fact, like when you look at Iceland, for example, you can see that the bad decision that was made that ruined everything was when they gave up on the idea of the free market at one point. And in fact, it wasn't even so much giving up on the idea. It was, uh, you know, after 350 years um, through uh, various wars and diseases and, and who knows what, Death it came squads. down to four or five families who finally sat down at dinner and, and divided up the island. And once they did that, of course, they all went to war over where the lines should be. Right, but right. before that, it worked for 350 well, years. Well, you know, I don't, I don't know enough about Iceland, but I'm assuming that it's not as dense as, say, New York City or anything like that. So I think it, no, my argument is, is, is this kind We're of scenario can work in, in, a, in a very uh, non-crowded kind of community. But any, anyway, we could obviously argue about this for, for hours. Well, I think we completely abandoned the idea that we uh, weren't going to gang up on Mr. Horton, as crazy as his ideas uh, are. What, I, what I'd like to see, and, and I think this isn't, isn't really too much to ask, if we could like see an example of this in action... Uh, you know, let, take, Wild West, man. Take a state, uh, Utah. Utah seems good. Um, yeah, any place. And uh, enact the system and see, you know, does it work? But it, see, to me, common sense indicates that this libertarian idea will not work when a society gets to a certain size. And we, we talked for five goddamn hours Jeez. on this. And let me tell <laughs> you something. Still blows my mind. I didn't really cut up that interview. Uh, I've got all five hours on MP3s. If Somebody out there really wants to hear the whole interview where we go over, around and around and around in circles on the same stuff. And, you know, I like Scott, even though he, he kind of called me a bunch of names later on and we got into a big flaming email thing. I mean, I like him. I respect the fact that he's passionate about what he believes in. And um, I think that's great. I'd rather have somebody who is, in my opinion, a bit misguided and naive, but still paying attention and caring about what's going on politically than somebody who just sits on his ass fucking watching TV all the time and doesn't care. Hey, I like TV. Yeah, all right. <laughs> oh, no. <clears throat> That's why we don't record the show when Grey's Anatomy is on. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Priorities, man. Priorities. I want to thank Scott Horton for uh, allowing us to skewer him like this. Uh, but yeah, well, <laughs> I'm sure he'll listen to this and go, see, I won.
<laughs> See, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. I told they fell right into my trap. <laughs> right into <laughs> well, we, we pretty much left in all of his uh, ideas. So mm-hmm. if somebody out there thinks that he was right all along, they will they will hear that, definitely. Well, you know what? Uh, comment on the website. And let me tell you something. We're all there. You, you, you post something, we will respond. We can have a big debate online about about whether we're the ones that are wrong. But Until somebody calls somebody else a Nazi. Then. Yeah, then we're going to have to take it to the arbitration. <laughs> you know. But uh, I want to thank everybody for uh, for hanging in there. This looks like it's going to be a bit of a long show. and um, Of course, you'd know that if you've gotten to the end of it. Yes, yes. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Hey, cool. <laughs> hey, you, you didn't hit it. fast forward, did you? Come on. <laughs> You, you didn't miss that part in the middle. Yeah, that's uh, you know where we told you that the secret to eternal life. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, we're BS Alert, and you can see us on the web at bsalert.com. And now we're on iTunes, so nice. make sure you subscribe to the podcast, and hopefully it's going to get better. And we are going to be going live soon. Oh, dear. We're going to have calls, and uh, you'll just see how completely screwed up we can probably be when we start dealing with people live. Oh, jeez. And, uh... I guess that's it. Thanks for tuning in. 